Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel a gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15-year-olds, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast on the Diamantina Podcast Network. Two sleeps we've waited all summer long, and by all summer I mean three days in, four days in, but two, two more sleeps until the first test match, Australia v India at the Adelaide Oval. There's so much happening in this week's, I mean, it, like literally it's the start of the summer I'm feeling alive, also because... Jared Waitley and Michael Clark have just had the biggest feud, which is just right in our wheelhouse. Mm. And so we thought, well, let's just get <laughs> let's just get him on the show. I mean, not Michael Clark on the show. No. We have to get Jared Waitley no. on the show. He is on the show. Mm-hmm. We're also speaking to Alyssa Healy, who's just won a World Cup. Mm. This is amazing. So many amazing things happening. Um, also, Matt Renshaw hit 345 in a grade game, so we need to immediately investigate what's happening <laughs> in the grade scene in Brisbane for that to be the actual thing that could have happened. Mm, yes. um, what else is happening? Oh, yeah. Uh, you've you got like a day left before you can buy a live uh, a show to our a ticket to our live show I should be saying if I could use my words properly mm. you know where to get them tickets are selling fast it's going to be awesome we are pumped nearly gone. up nearly gone nearly gone nearly gone Perth can we say well. that is that a bluff uh, <laughs> yeah. get in far get in quick <laughs> yeah, there's we're eight we do showbiz now yeah, yeah there's yeah. 8,000 tickets left um, also uh, what's happening in our lives well, we're about to do our first TV show in about three, five, six hours time I don't, I don't know what time it is yeah. anyway <laughs> There's a lot happening because the summer's finally here. My name's Ian Higgins and I'm joined by Sam Perry and over there's Dave Edwards. Boys, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> what a whirlwind intro. Oh, that God. was from your you guys. eyes. The glint in your eyes is maniacal. I'm frightened. <laughs> you know the uh, straight into Channel 7 matters, you know, their their whole tagline was, hold on, I'm coming, Oof, yeah. um, mm. which was obviously an overt sexual reference yes. um, of orgasming, which is um, probably, probably Good marketing. Um, inappropriate. Yeah, but uh, like, do you think it's true? Like, do, do you think the majority, you know, we're three uh, men with um, Foxtel subscriptions, like we've <laughs> been watching cricket for a couple of weeks. Do you think most people, though, are like, thank fuck, the cricket is here. There's been so much, like, you know, there's it's been so here. much chat. About rubbish, and now we can actually play some cricket. Mm. Is, is that the is that the view of the body politic? It kind of reminds me of the North Sydney Bears club song. The North Sydney Bears are coming. The North Sydney Bears are here. Cricket's already <laughs> been here for a while, yeah. lads, and, and that is the strangest. 
club somewhere. Well, around cricket is in the in Australia. They've like it's like round fifteen at the moment, and yeah. like like everyone's been engaged in the cricket, but it hasn't been on free to air television. And if you could read social media, which is some of the things I like to do when I like to engage the experts, mm. and it's just like it, it's okay. Hold on, I'm coming. Mm. You know, just hold on. Yeah. So the cricket starting is what I'm saying. Two days time. You guys excited mm. for the first test? Um. I'm immensely excited. I guess this is what happen. This is what happens when there's just a lead in. There's a bit of trash talk. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll yep. talk about Virat Kohli because that's what you've got to do now to. in Australia at all costs and all times. Uh, there's been some tour matches as well, uh, but yeah, we're just going to actually see what is going on between both teams. I still hold that Australia. Um, are deserved favourites because it's really hard to beat us sure. here. Um, though there are many other people out there in the you know the cricket landscape, pretty keen to tell us that um, we struggle and we have no runs, and that India are actually a very good side. It's probably true as well. I hear that they're good. Like, and I've heard Coley do a couple of interviews, and he just sounds really switched on, mm. focused, like autistically mm. focused on defeating Australia. He's mm. been here for a few weeks now as well. He's acclimatised to the conditions, mm. to the media, mm. and I'm genuinely frightened mm. of his performance in Adelaide. I um, I don't know about you guys, but I can't remember a time when a visiting batsman has come out here and it's just accepted that he's going to score runs. I mean, mm. even when like Lara Tendorka. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. you know, Daryl Tuffy, you know, some of the, some right. of the great batsmen, yeah, yeah. Alan Mullally, yeah. you know, just coming out here. And I was just expected that, like, people are saying, you know, Vrat Coley's going to score a couple of hundreds. I heard Dirk Nanners the other day and he was saying, like, you know, there's going to be times where, you know, we just can't get him out. I That is so defeatist and I've never heard an Australian, it's, like the Australian public mm. saying, like, well, he's just going to score hundreds. It's really but, troubling, isn't it? Yes. The way that we've already kind of surrendered to mm. his greatness before mm. the match has even started. I want to know what happened to the old days. We're just like, we're going to attack the captain. Yeah. You know? yeah. Wasn't cut, that well, cut him off at the head? Had, look, there has been <laughs> those <laughs> gleaming eyes here, goes, goodness me. There, there have been coffees. some comments from... Um, <laughs> From some past players, some obviously some new colleagues of ours in you know, Ricky Ponting and Jason Gillespie, Best I noticed some that uh, not friends of the show. Ponting overnight has come out and said, "Well, it's going to take tactics and actions to get Virat Kohli out." <laughs> really, like, really, oh, great that's, call. That's, really. that's strange. Jeez, Ricky. I uh, that. Gillespie said they need to bowl a fourth stump line where the occasional one doesn't move away. So right. just unerring, one hundred percent accuracy yeah. um, with <laughs> yeah. slight variation just on at, occasion. At speed, yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. well, that's all we have to do. Mm. I remember, like, even you know, uh, I'm thinking Michael Vaughan had a great summer out here. Alistair Cook mm. as well, you know, some just to put it into the England sphere, mm. and like the the plan was now we'll just get the captain out and the rest will fall. Mm. Like the, mm. it's just like what's military strategy? <laughs> that's right. And there's no greater first metaphor. secure victory than fight if you must, mm. Sun Tzu. But is this is this like manifest? Uh, you know, us seeing the softening of the Australian cricketing you know, public and team specifically, and just like, well, you know, they've got a very good play. He's going to score some runs, and that's okay. But it's not okay. How are we supposed to win games of cricket if Collie's going to score 800? <laughs> mm. That's a good point. Well, it depends how you define, you know, what the ultimate goal is for Australia. If the goal is to win games of cricket, yes, um, then we should do whatever it takes, mm-hmm. you know, Art of War style. But mm. if the plan is to win back and curry favour with the public... Mm. Maybe winning games of cricket not so important. Well, I'm going to ask Jared Whateley that specifically that, that question, like what right. is a good summer? Um, when make he it com- a bit quippier than that. I'll make it quippier than that, obviously, um, when he comes on the show a little bit later. Uh, Pez, the CA11 mm. had a trial game against India, probably the other way around, mm. because the CA11 weren't trialling for anything, mm-hmm. um, a practice match. So India, uh, did you see Trent Copeland's tweet to us that we retweeted from our account? Did you see that? <laughs> Yeah, we're getting so self-referential on this show. It's good, though. That's a, it's a trope of showbiz. But, um, yeah, I saw it. Uh, it was one of these classic tour matches now, classic in the sense that, like, there's barely 
uh, any like deep seated competition attached to it, almost deliberately mm. created so as to leave the like visiting side underdone. It actually like is a bit of a farce that like you know the touring side doesn't get to have a really good preparation. Same goes when Australia goes overseas as well. But um, what happened? India sort of scored a few runs, and then the Caxi side made like five hundred or something like that. Mm. Coley started bowling, was giggling when he was getting wickets. Mm, Boomer right. came on at the end, and mm. like you know, blew up deluxe when he got somebody out after mm. five balls. Mm. All in a good days, you know, tour match, I guess. Mm. Well, let me put it to you, Edos, mm. um, that uh, Ed Cowan, friend of the show, mm. has has uh, has God. said that like <laughs> when when we, we go we drag that out, don't we? When we go, uh, when we the three of us go mm. over to India and we play. Mm. There's like a guy with a machine gun guarding the Indian practices wicket, and yep. like that wick, those nets that the Indians use are just like raging turners. Yep. And then they put the Australians on like these absolute batting paradises, yeah. bit of grass, and nice speed and carry. And like I feel like that's the equivalent that this Australian, you know, when when mm. teams come out here, we give them the Caxi eleven, yeah. and they just put, score five hundred. Remember, uh, New Zealand's come out here and Finch and uh, um, who opened the batting? Oh, it was um, Ryan. Um, are you talking about Banning for Seacrest? Ryan, oh, oh, Carters, Carters. Thank you, Jesus. Um, yeah, scored five hundred up in the batting. Ryan Seacrest and Aaron Finch up in the batting scored five hundred yeah. on a Blacktown. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So, what's the point of these trial games? Is my long-winded point. Yeah. Well, I guess contractual obligations play a part there. Mm. Um, a game needs to take place. Um, it doesn't really matter who the opposition is. The Caxi Eleven. Who who was in that team? Is there any kind of talent that we need to look out for? Or is it mildly oh, Darcy Short was captain. There was a couple of guys right. who were kind of on their way through. I noted like um, and who got this, Coley out? Yeah, I was just about to speak about this. So I've forgotten his name already, which right. I guess is part of the problem. But um, uh, Ben Horn from the Daily Telegraph. Oh, no, it wasn't Ben Horn. Part of me, Ben, if you are listening out there. Tom Decent actually right. from um, the Sydney Morning Herald tweeted that um, some 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 sort of part time trundler had just got Coley out. Which right. I thought it was a tad harsh, uh, given that mm. he just dismissed the world's greatest batsman, but mm. he still managed to sort of um, crowbar in there a little bit of a sledge because you know um, Tom, like us, is an Australian mm. male, and that's um, uh, how we speak about people. And the Australian media has been at you know great pains to subvert and alpha the Indian team from as soon as they touched down, and we've seen, seen that particularly in the News Corp publications. Yeah. Uh, there was a headline the other day saying "scaredy bats." What um, a play on words! Absolute play on words, and it wouldn't fire the Indians up at all, would it? It would, you know, it would. Uh, it definitely would have um, mm. nothing other than a purely negative effect on them. Mm. It's one of the worst things I've ever. Scaredy bats. Scaredy bats. Mm. If one of you tweeted that from our account, I mm. would. We've already done it, mate. I've done it. Oh, oh, cool. Oh, mm. Perfect. Mm. Um, Delete the account. In the great cricketing uh, realms, there was a couple of notable. Um, Performances in the Brisbane grade scene. Matt Renshaw scored the, I think it was the sixth or seventh highest ever score by an individual batsman. Um, mm. He scored 345. Uh, interesting as well, um, Marcus Labouchain mm. also scored 185 and took five wickets with the balls yep. on the same game. Quite a mm. good game. Hopefully for him, the team lost because that would be the ultimate. He would never play again. Yep. Um, Matt Renshaw, 345. Does this mean anything? Does uh, it mean anything? You, worry, you, you, you sort of feel sorry for the opposition. Don't you really? Yes. Who's hungover? Who's yes. just who's trying to get out of the house and mm. just enjoy a day with their mates? And then you know, I noticed the worst thing about it was that like Renshaw was like unapologetically humble uh, on Instagram yeah. afterwards, saying, you know, I just wanted to just wanted to give it a right clonk. 
my first issue is like, <laughs> yeah. what the hell is clonk? Mm, mm. <laughs> I've never heard. Like, is, is that, that like when evolution of... talked about sniffs and we didn't know what that meant? Yeah, that's right. It's definitely a sign of our aging, but I've just never heard the term clonk before. Is, is it not tonk? Clonk uh, sounds like when you don't tonk. quite get it. Yeah. You know, it's a bit, clonk, it's oh, a bit clonky. clonky yeah. So yeah. Maybe, maybe that is what he was saying. He scored 345 yeah, and, and didn't hit one out of the middle. Oh, no, I was actually trying to not get them out of the middle. Just tried to give it a right clonk yeah, yeah. as opposed to a tonk. And then I raised my bat six times. <laughs> um, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're a, if you're a bowler and you're buying to Matt Renshaw, who's clearly going to play probably 110 test matches, mm. uh, he, f- clearly, because mm. um, he's only 15 still. True, um, true. So You just made the rep side. Yeah, you just made the rep yeah. side, yeah. Um, like you, That would be so demoralising, wouldn't it? I'm just thinking of the bowlers now. I mean, you know, good on Matt. First one, 345 mm. in a great game. Yeah, good so on you, mate. It's not going to get him a test cap. No, yeah. <laughs> no ex- you know, exactly. It almost, like, I wonder if it serves to undermine his, uh, like, his chances in the sense that, like, now all of the news articles about him are about him playing grade cricket and mm. succeeding. Like, it's, it's, there's still this undertone, sadly, that, like, it's, uh, you know, he's struggling if he's even there at mm. all. Well, if, you know, Brad Hodges' interview last week is anything to go by, you know, he's going to hit 300 this week and then he's going to be advised that he has to hit another 300 <laughs> um, in order to maybe play in the test team. Well, a, lot of, a lot of feedback on the Hodge interview. Have uh, more than I've ever unprecedented seen before. level of Was feedback. Was that a Victorian so, thing? Well, yeah, like you, you, you literally line up like in order, uh, Jason Gillespie, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Steve Waugh, Tim Payne, Adam Gilchrist, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Roberts, Roberts <laughs> and um, Brad Hodge overtakes them for listens in three days. I think it's because he said fuck yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. People like the swear yes, words. He yeah. literally, four seconds before he came there, right, are we right to swear? Yes, yeah. fucking great. Yeah. Just straight away, <laughs> straight away. <laughs> he was, he, he, a he was really keen to, to yeah. swear. He proactively really, asked. really keen. But he was funny, to be fair, and we appreciate that feedback. Mm. Um, we did say at the end of the day to him, oh, we'll, we'll send the show to you, and he sort of looked at us like he'd never met us Blank before. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah th- th- who are you? Is it a show? Yeah, what am I doing Which here? was part of the charm, I guess. Uh, obviously, we've also done some, some promo work with uh, Channel 7 last week. That was in the building, and uh, Brad Hodge just ripped us, and it was really funny. Mm. So, mm. you know, those are also uh, filtering through social media at the same time. Um, anything else we should talk about? Well, the WBBL kicked off um, mm. this week. Uh, some stand-up performances. It doesn't seem like cheating that the Sydney Sixers have both Alyssa Healy and Elise Perry. Mm. Well, that, that Salary was cap. The- that was the thinking yes. as you sort of tuned in to like, it was Channel 7's first broadcast mm-hmm. on uh, Saturday morning there mm-hmm. down at Junction How Oval. How clean were the graphics? Yeah, really clean. There's no clean fucking cricket on TV. Yeah. Sorry. Down at Junction Oval, beautiful day, and the Sydney Sixers and the Melbourne Stars played, I believe, the second match, and uh, Healy and Perry opened the batting for the mm. Sixers, who, like a sl- you know, who were slated by many experts to go the entire competition without losing a game. Yep. The Stars, on the other hand, to not win a game so weak right. um, did they seem to so be experts. Match fixing. <laughs> so I think we can, yeah. That's the only conclusion. What was the betting turnover? Well, it was. Match? I mean, so Perry. <laughs> Seriously, what was the betting turnover on that? I, match? I don't have it in front okay. of me for you, David. But um, <laughs> Perry and Healy put on one hundred and ten off like 11 overs to kick things off right. and it looked extremely ominous for the Stars and then I sort of had eight beers with a mate and the next thing I know um, the Stars had won with like 16 balls to spare so fixing I'd suppose or mm. a really good innings from Lazelle Lee mm. the South African mm. 150 rocks bringing up the ton with a six as Im- well imports six. hitting hundreds on yeah. our shores a couple of imports in WBBL yeah. um, we're going to catch up with Alyssa Healy about all of that um, pretty soon Jared Whiteley up next and after that Alyssa Healy.
Boys, very excited to have this next guest on. He's a legendary sports broadcaster in mm -hmm. Australia. He's been particularly prominent in the last week or so, involved in one of the great alpha stouches <laughs> that we absolutely have to comment on um, here in the great cricketer, yes. but uh, also just one of the most prominent broadcasters uh, Australia knows. I'm, of course, talking about Jared Waitley. Jared, welcome to the great cricketer. Sam, Dave, Ian, now this is a format that I'm absolutely sure I'm unworthy of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a couple of minutes more, it's great. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, Jared, everyone remembers where they were now when they, um, I mean, let's just get straight into it, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, undignified? Yep. Everyone remembers where they were when um, mm. Michael Clark's um, missive was sent <laughs> over the internet. Um, the screenshot. Yeah, the screenshot as well, referring to you as Gerald Wheatley. Like, I had to compose my for um, a good couple of hours, just trying to contemplate the sheer alphadom of what he tried to do. Can you just take us, you know, right into the mind and the soul of the recipient, you know, of this alpha power play, you know, for the benefit of our listeners? And also where you were when you saw it. <laughs> right, right. So I was in the kitchen just finishing cooking dinner mm. and got a text saying, have you seen this? <laughs> and uh, no, I hadn't seen that. So is your phrase the apex of alpha cricketing life? <laughs> yeah, probably flashed through my mind at that stage. But I, when you end up in these things, I probably think it's unedifying. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, that's how I've sort of come away from it for the week going, oh, got to try to do better than that. <laughs> Joe, I want to ask you, like, the, sort of the one of the takeaways of it is like the how many tests have you played kind of line. And I wonder, like, mm -hmm. um, if you've experienced that th over the years, you know, just talking to former athletes who disagree with your own opinion. Mm -hmm. Do you come across that a lot? Uh, only every now and then these days. So mm -hmm. that's a, that, that I think was a fairly common refrain for uh, probably for some decades. Uh, <laughs> and in the in the world of Aussie rules, I'm pretty sure that that held sway for a while. But mm. I think there's probably probably my experience over. Um, I've probably been doing this a bit longer than I think. But that is mm. is those barriers have lowered. Is I think most people accept there's a place for the voice of those who haven't played mm. um, to mix with those who have, and and then I think you have to be a bit careful yourself with that is I don't think I put too many things across that require me having been out in the middle facing the first ball of a test match because I have no reference point for that but I have well you would have done that but you didn't have the courage to do it Jared. <laughs> I always thought it was an ability so yeah I think that the way people consume sport there is um, I think that there's actually a craving for uh, for the cross section, and then you respect your place in that. Um, so I think in in my journalism career, that's what I've tried to do. But you're never perfect with these things. Because I want to ask you, you know, now that you're on this podcast, how many grad games have you played? <laughs> <laughs> A few. So I was um, I played junior cricket, cricket with great enthusiasm. Um, and I was a stodgy opening batsman. Then when I got older, I was still a stodgy opening batsman who, uh, so I could go and knock the shine off the new ball and then my teammates would start to call out to get out so they could make yes. a chance to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, I think there would be uh, grade cricketers at Wheeler's Hill who'd be nodding their heads going, oh, yeah, that was right, after about eight overs, get out! Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, Jared, we'll, we'll bring it back to the protagonist for a moment in Michael Clark. I mean, what is it about Pup? I mean, he's overseas at the moment. He's commentating for one of the Indian broadcasters. He's not here. He doesn't have a gig at home. Why do you think it is that we haven't quite embraced him um, post-career as we have to other former captains? Um, so I, I'm in no way um, going to intend to be critical here. I, he was a different captain. He was... In a way, he was a thoroughly new age captain. Mm. And I probably think for a period of time, people didn't know absolutely how to take him. Mm. He had a different uh, demeanour and dynamic within the team. And that's just, just to read the biographies or the autobiographies of the players who played with him is to get a, a full understanding of that. So um, he had he was around celebrity, probably more so than cricketers had been. So I think, that in a way, he was a thoroughly modern sportsman who crossed over into the into the paparazzi set, uh, away from just the, the theatre of sport. So, yeah, I think I think there's that, and then everyone can sort of form their own views from there. And, and I'm not going to sort of delve much further than what I've said. Previously, I'm keen, uh, Jared. Just to, I mean, once you sort of get past the, uh, the sheer like power play from um, Clark, which is just one of the most classic displays we've ever seen in our life, or likely to ever see. Once you sort of um, get past that and look into the the actual argument that was going back and forth, I thought it was very interesting. And I, I wanted to just que- query you, if I could, about one thing that you said around, um, you know, the Australia being reviled, reviled as a cricket team, kind of dated back to Clark's time as captain. And I wanted to kind of put it to you that um, it, that it goes back further than that. You know, that, that the way that they behaved and that their boorishness, you know, goes back almost generations before that. Like, why did you pitch it at Clark? So I've always had this, this sort of the, the flex point, I think, in Australian cricket, and I've sort of long held this view and spoken about it, is, is essentially the choice of Clark and Kadditch of what Australian mm. cricket might have chosen yeah. mm. in that moment and, what it, and, the, and the path that it went down. So, and you can have your views as to what would have served cricket better or what would have served your own view of cricket better. So I actually think that's there's a clear flex point there. Mm. And if you run that along to say... Um, if, if, yeah, I just think if you run that all the way through, it's not that there hadn't been moments in Australian cricket before, but I think that sense... Um, that sense of international repulsion, which was given very strong voice in the aftermath of what happened in South Africa, I, I think you can trace that back and it starts to build rather intensely from that moment. And, and I do think that is where the genesis of the language around the line comes in, mm. is I don't think you'll find the line in the Border years or mm. the Taylor years. I don't think you'll find the line in the Steve War years, and I don't believe you'll find it in the Ponting years either. Mm. I think the line was an invention of that time, mm. and then we saw where that ended up running to. So that, that's my... That, the, the line... So, yeah, it's the line that is that legacy piece for me. Uh, so, uh, it's super interesting like it, it's to me feels like there's this kind of culture it's almost culture war stuff what's going on around yeah, the way yeah. Australians should play cricket and a real arm wrestle around how we should do it and I noted Clark saying uh, you know sort of insinuating uh, or inferring this idea that the the boorishness or the hardness of of playing cricket in this kind of yeah that that 
brand was in our blood. Uh, and I just wanted to know, especially as a host of an SEN show as well, where you get to hear from a lot of listeners, like how much do you think what he said there represents the views of the broader uh, Australian kind of body politic, <laughs> if, if yeah, you will? Yeah. Like how many people think that this is actually how we should play and it's only a matter of time before we get back to, um, you know, the old bad ways? Yeah, well, I think there's a strong core. Now, trying to define that is difficult, but I think there's a very strong core of people who are happy with the no-holds-barred, whatever it takes, even ignoring the events of the past nine months. But that's not the... I guess my point is that's not the luxury of Tim Payne and Justin Langer. They have been served with a moment in time where they have to change the Australian way, and it's actually not up for debate, is... The cost of what has happened, the fall of cricket in this country, the, the change to individuals' lives and careers, and I have felt desperately for Steve Smith during all of this. Australian cricket doesn't have the conceit to go, nah, we're going to ignore where we got to and just go back to the way we've always seen ourselves and, and, um, and, yeah, and, and conducted. And, and I do think it's a, so in some ways, I think it's a false bravado that's been put around it anyway. I think Australia's best cricket has been played in a hard-nosed way without being abusive and in your face. I don't think anyone's saying don't be competitive. But I guess the idea that... So Payne and Langer need our support and they need a bit of time to find what the right level is. But the idea that they won't win squat playing like this, well, they heroically drew that test in Dubai playing like this. They lost in Abu Dhabi because technically they're not very good in, um, well, in the Middle East. Mm. Uh, and <laughs> the one-day team hasn't been any good for two years, and we still haven't figured out how to play international T20. So spare me the we've lost our way because we're shaking hands before a game. <laughs> a lot of these are inherent problems which the team has to work through on a skill front. And right. they need to, this test series needs to start desperately so that they can show the way that they want to play. And I don't think... I just think it will be absent of the two or three moments across the series that made all of us go, oh, really? Mm. I actually think that will be the only change and we'll be entirely comfortable with it. And then Australia has to find its way towards successful cricket, which is not going to be easy when three of your preferred top six are not in the lineup. Mm. Mm. Well, I mean, it's a good segue to the next question, Joe, because I want to ask you, if you think it's more important for this team to sort of win the, the hearts and the minds back, back of the public than it is to actually win games of cricket or the series per se, or are those two mutually exclusive? No, they're not mutually exclusive. Um, and winning will be important. But equally, it, it, this strikes me as a... This is almost the footy team that enters rebuild mode, and you accept that there are days where they're going to get outplayed, but you look for the signs. You look for the signs individually, you look for the signs collectively, and you look for the growth and the possibilities. So mm. part of me wishes that that Will Pekovsky had been able to, to stay in his cricket at the start mm. of the Shield season, or Jason Sanger had come on just enough that one of the 20-year-olds could have come into the side and we could have gone, oh, I can see what the next mm. 15 years of Australian yes. cricket is going to look like. Yes. But the team is not quite there yet, mm. and that's OK. So we'll quibble over who plays. But if Marcus Harris went out on Thursday and made a century on Naboo, the mm. nation will swell to his back. Mm. And equally, if that's what happens with Aaron Finch... So I actually think they're a team that we are desperate to be with because we understand the hurt, we understand the desire for change, 
And this is where, you know, what made me angry was the idea, no, get back to the way it's always been done. No, no, let them find what they want to be Mm -hmm. and let us gravitate towards that. And I think that will actually be the story of the next three Mm -hmm. months. Strong words, Jared, and, uh, you know, far be it from us to take a side in this. Um, let me put it this way. Uh, I'm on Team Cadditch. Uh, so um, <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you joining the show. Um, thanks for your leadership on this as well. We look forward to listening to you uh, throughout mm-hmm. the summer. And, um, yeah, cheers for coming on The Great Cricketer. I look forward to listening to you for the rest of the summer. <laughs> Just Jono's backslapping each other. Great stuff. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it. No worries at all. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Dave, here goes. Some numbers for you here. Please. One of the greats uh, of the game we're about to talk to here. 61 ODIs, approaching 1,000 runs, the highest of 133 at a run of ball. Nearly 100 T20I matches with the highest of 90, 850s in that format. Three tests for Australia, which I presume is the max she could have possibly played. A gun keeper and 140 dismissals across all international formats. She's probably the best batter in the world at the moment. There, I said it. Take that, Harman Preet. <laughs> Welcome to the great cricketer, Alyssa Healy. Alyssa, how are you? Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, cop that, Harman Preet. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I like it. Yeah. Um, well, we always start the same way, Alyssa, and obviously, you know, we're, we're club mates at Balmain. You'd be well aware of my work there. Um, what, does, um, what does great cricket mean to you? Uh, well, it's everything. It's where everyone starts. So it's... Um, you know, it's the pinnacle for a lot of players around the country, unfortunately, but um, like for us that have played the top level, it's where we all started and it's uh, the best place to play. Um, you're obviously, uh, you know, a, a stalwart of Balmain. Um, uh, again, just, you know, calling out that, that, you know, I did some work there as well. But um, I, I just my first question to you really, like, we've got so many listen, listeners here actually ashamedly, like probably that at least 90 plus male or percent male audience. Um, we just want to know, like, are, are the tropes of grade cricket the same um, at the, in the women's game? You know, like, do you go back and stand behind the bowlers with arms crossed when you're, you know, not training? Do you look over lower graders' shoulders um, when you're talking to them? You know, do you bat when you want? Do you wear state? kit to training uh, can you just give us a bit of an insight uh, <laughs> yeah well no state kit at training please uh, a lot of the young kids tend to do that these days but that was such a big no-no in our time that was uh, very much frowned upon but um, I think the women's game it's like pretty much as soon as you're over 25 you just don't go to training so uh, a little bit different to the men's game I think all the, the 40 plus year olds go to training to get away from their partners but uh, once you get over 25 you don't come so um, slightly different but the same sort of things happen. You just um, stand there, don't do anything, and just call out the young kids for bowling no ball. <laughs> so overstepping is just as rampant in the nets in the women's game as it is in the men's game. That is comforting news, um, Alyssa. Oh, yeah. Just to um, throughout the women's game, let me say. <laughs> just to move away from grade for a moment to school cricket. So a lot of people probably know this already, but you were the first female student to be selected for. Barker's first 11. Um, Barker's a school here in Sydney, historically an all-boys school. Um, but there was a bit of media around that selection at the time. And I think someone even wrote an anonymous letter saying this was a bad thing uh, for Barker cricket. <laughs> you know, as a, as a kid who's just trying to make it in, in the game, um, how did that make you feel at the time? 
<laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting part of my life. I think I, I played boys cricket all along, so I thought I wasn't doing anything different. But um, somebody definitely did, and thought it was a disgrace. And um, but you know what? Uh, we won the premiership that year, so it kind of been a completely bad thing. And I had a great time doing it. So um, for my for the sake of my career, I actually really enjoy it, and I I think I learned a lot. So. Um, for me personally, it was great, and for the school to have a trophy in the cabinet, then uh, it must have been not too bad. Bit of a personal connection here. My brother, um, Rob Edwards, was actually, I think, in the same year as you, and he played for <laughs> Knox Grammar. Um, and in yeah. a news article many years ago, you outed him for bouncing you in a school game, um, and he still <laughs> talks about it. If you mind, yeah. I'll just read quickly from this um, article. Um, so this is you as a 19-year-old talking to the media. I remember playing Knox Grammar and being bounced by Rob Edwards, who is now in the state underage system. I got hit, but I learned to come back from that. It's something that you wouldn't experience in the women's game. You see Aussie guys getting hit all the time, and they just keep going. It taught me to do that. So um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, did my brother actually you know, incentivise you to, to, to you know, go and uh, make it and play for Australia? Am I responsible for that in some weird, tenuous way? That was the very PC version. I can give you the non-PC version where please, he uh, seemed in a hit and shake the boob. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> was he horrified? Like, what was his reaction? I mean, I know he's, he's not, a cricket player. Right? He's a very he's a nice guy. I can attest to that. But um, did he kind of stare yeah. down after that? What was his kind of reaction? No, I think well, he had a short leg in as well, and I think everyone was just a little bit shocked by what had just occurred. Um, while I was sort of a little bit hurt, um, but no, I think they sort of. Every time I've played boys cricket, they sort of, you know, they want to bowl full and I like to cover drive. So they start bringing their length back a little bit. And then as soon as it's a bouncer, they definitely mean it, but they apologise straight after it. And I was like, <laughs> why apologise? You definitely meant that. Like, that's yeah. not an accident. <laughs> well, um, but I do, I, I do love the pull shot, so I can credit Rob for that thing. What I wouldn't have given Alyssa for a bowl to bowl bouncer to me then apologise immediately after it happened. Um, yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, obviously as well, I mean, um, there, there are two Knox boys, uh, you know, in this podcast, so the only thing we find disgraceful in this is that, um, that Barker won the CAS Championship and, and, oh, and Knox, and that's, that's the only thing taken away. A bit more private school chat would be good, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alyssa, I want to ask you, obviously, uh, you know, we, sh- we should actually speak about the biggest thing that's happened in Australian cricket you know, in the last week or so, rather than talk about private schools, but... Um, you guys obviously just win your third uh, T20 championship in in four attempts, um, and that uh, and that last game, the the, the final uh, against England, um, must have been hugely satisfying. But I just one of those get a little bit uh, get a little bit spicy on the field between Australia and England, like it would in the, in sort of the, the men's cricket, or is it uh, is actually quite um, sort of tame compared to some of the exchanges that we've seen on the field over over the years. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's changed a little bit in the last few years. I think with the, the WBBL and obviously the KSL in England coming in, um, you know, a lot of a lot of players are tending to play with one another a little bit more and become a bit uh, a bit more friendly. But in saying that, I think the rivalry that we've got with England is, um, you know, the biggest one we've got. We love beating them. We obviously play the Ashes every couple of years, and um, they're always really spicy. So, I think potentially. Um, for everyone becoming mates with all these players around the world, it actually makes it a bit more spicy because I think you just get more fired up when you're playing your mates and mm. you want to beat them more than just a random that you come up against. So um, mm. they tend to be pretty fiery, but it's exactly how I love to play the game. So it's, it's me. Alyssa, I, I want to talk about 
um, you're keeping a little bit. I was minded to read back on a comment uh, from a friend of the show, Ed Cowan, um, last year <laughs> saying, just he was talking about you, he said, she's a gun, uh, she's probably the second or third best keeper in Australia, no doubt, male or female. We're talking about pure skill, beautiful hands, unbelievable up to the stumps, can bat a ripping cri- cricketer, but specifically with the gloves on, she's an absolute gun. Uh, where is your keeping at, at the moment? Are you happy with where you are? Can you give us a bit of insight into sort of how much work you put into it um, and where you think you actually would rank, you know, male or female, as far as keepers go uh, across the world? Uh, I've got no idea about ranking, so don't ask me that. I'll skip over that one. But, um, yeah, look, I think keeping's been such a big part of my game for so long. And, um, you know, when I was playing for Australia not that long ago, I was sort of batting seven or eight down the order and I had to really contribute to the team with my gloves. So that was where I really tried to make an impact. And um, it's not going in that great at the moment, I must be I must be honest. But, um, look, it takes a lot of hard work. We, we travel so much now, touring all over the place and about finding the right time and the right people to work with and um, you know we don't have a keeping coach in our Aussie group anymore which is um, hard especially when you're on tour for sort of six seven eight weeks um, to try and you know get someone to help you to, to keep improving while you're on tour it's not easy but um, yeah look it takes a lot of hard work a lot of T20 cricket so it means you're spending a lot of time up to the stumps and it makes you know that one uh, that one opportunity even more crucial um, whether it be a catch or stumping so um, you know I feel like if I'm doing my job behind the stumps, it's doing justice for the bowlers because they do a, a really good job. I mean, one area of your game that is just coming on in leaps and bounds, and you know, you're just absolutely dominating in is um, is the batting side of things. You've uh, you annihilated that World T20 comp. Um, uh, you know, you, I- even though your lower score is in the final, you managed to just destroy Shrub Soul in that second or third over and kind of put Australia on a, the path to victory. I mean, like, how is how has your batting come along? Is it through coaches at that level? Um, you know, do you think you can go to another level from here? Um, yeah, I think I can can always improve. I think I can definitely um, yeah go there. I think I can I can bat for longer periods and make more runs. But in saying that, I'm sort of doing my job at the moment, and that and that's to sort of make an impact and sort of put the game on um, on our side early on. And I think um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that role. I think nothing's really changed too much with my batting. I think it's just a a bit of a confidence thing. I'm walking out there with a bit more confidence and trusting. What I can do with the bat and the areas that I want to score, and it seems to be paying off at the moment. So hopefully I can keep doing that. But um, yeah, look, I'd love to, to bat a little bit longer and you know get a couple of triple figure scores and, and make sure that the game's well within our reach. Alyssa, what we really want to know is, like, can you just tell us about the circuit after winning the World Cup? I mean, you're in the West Indies. <laughs> you know, you just had a bumper tournament. I mean, you know, is uh, is Rihanna around? You know, is uh, you know, Chris Gale, uh, Usain Bolt? Well, he's he's in the Central Coast at the moment, so probably not him. But I mean, like, can you tell us about the celebrations, the wild celebrations, and and spare no detail? Because we tried to get you last week, and then the comms person said, "No, you guys are in transit," which I think is a euphemism for circuit. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, four days to get home, and something like and stuff use that as a circuit that is for sure but um, yeah I think mean, we're actually pretty tame as a as a women's group I've been a part of um, Mitch's World Cup win here in Australia in 2015 and Christ almighty that was a long week um, but week. from our point of view we're we're really tame I think the girls got the game only finished at like 11 o'clock and um, we left the ground about 1 o'clock and just got back to the hotel and um, we're staying in an all inclusive resort so they left the bar open for us and I think a few of the girls were floating around the Caribbean um, about 5.30 in the morning on a giant blow-up donut. So, um, 
it was it was pretty fun and um, yeah we we celebrated well as we should but realistically we came straight back to a to a tournament here so we couldn't go too hard of course yeah uh, obviously, the WBBL started last week. Alyssa, uh, you guys had a shock loss to the Melbourne Stars. Um, LaZelle Lee, 100 uh, off about 50 rocks. You and Elise started really well um, with that opening partnership there. You got the, the Sydney Derby this weekend. Um, can we expect some fireworks there? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think um, looks like Harmon Pre might be back, so um, <laughs> there you go. Well, you've, got, you've, you've, <laughs> thrown, you've laid down the gauntlet already now. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll blame you guys if something happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I think it's uh, yeah. We just we probably just didn't turn up on Saturday against the Stars. Obviously, Lizelle played a pretty unbelievable innings. I don't think she really missed anything with the bat. So, um, but we'll have to bounce back pretty quickly. Um, traditionally, the Sixers haven't started too well in the tournament, um, so we'll be looking to rectify that. But the Derby is, is the game that we all want to play in. It's um, as soon as uh, the WNCL is over and the WBBL starts, the, the line. The line's drawn and the band begins, so um, I'm looking forward to getting out there. It's always a great game. I think traditionally we've gone one all each season um, in the derby, so hopefully we can get a win on our home turf at North Sydney. Brilliant. We're into the uh, throwdown section now, Elise, so apologies in advance for all of the um, questions that will follow. Um, but, you know, that's just, the way, that's just the way we do it. Let me, let me, let me kick it off. Um, Alyssa, now that our men have um, bottled it completely, how difficult is it to solely carry the crushing weight of our nation's need to win at all times? <laughs> uh, oh, look, if I'm being brutally honest, we've been doing it for years, so we're kind of used to it. <laughs> Um, Alyssa, at the family Christmas lunch this year, how many glasses of wine will it take before Heels starts banging on about how good it was keeping the warning in his prime? Uh, two. Two? <laughs> uh, no, to be fair, there's not a lot of cricket chat, so, um, and mind you, I never have a family Christmas, so I'm not 100% sure, but um, yeah. yeah, a couple of bottles deep and there'll be a few bounces thrown down. Right. So Ian Healy not invited to your Christmas lunch. <laughs> Uh, Alyssa, uh, you and Mitchell, you might already know this, but you are one of only three dual international cricketers in history to be married. But how soon do you think it'll be that there's a fourth member of that uh, little group there when Marcus Stoinis marries himself? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that is very close to happening after watching the last uh, few weeks of international cricket, but um, no, he's a good fella. Um, Elise, it's, this is sort of a, we've got a lot of personal questions here. Mm. This is pertinent to me specifically because I've had this problem. But like, at what stage in your cricket career were you able to Google Alyssa Healy cricket and feel confident that pictures of you, not Ian, would show up? Like, I've had this problem <laughs> since Elise um, burst onto the scene. Um, probably around that school scandal when I was on the front page next to Osama bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the shot of the podcast. We're going to find that picture. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it was a giant headline about Osama bin Laden. There was me in my basketball school uniform with two mates. So it's uh, one of my finest moments. Did you hit runs on 9-11? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot I day that day, I remember. Um, Alyssa, what's it like to be in a relationship where you can talk about cricket to your partner without them wanting to immediately leave the room? <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, he would leave the room if I start talking about cricket. So, um, yeah, we're probably like every average couple, except I'm the one talking about cricket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how satisfying was it to miss one game in the recent World T20 against India uh, and see the, and see Australia lose and then to be rolled without you? 
look, uh, I was sitting pretty groggily in the um, in the change room trying to um, get my eyes right so that I could go out and bat. But um, oh, look, this isn't going to be as funny. But I think everyone needs to to lose at some stage in that tournament, so it's a perfect time to do it. It was the loss we had to have. The loss we had to have. Yeah, fantastic. Correct. Well, Alyssa, thank you very much uh, for, for joining us for the interview this week, and uh, thanks for even going all the way down the rabbit hole to 9-11 jokes, uh, which I think is uh, territory <laughs> we've never mined before. Uh, so we appreciate uh, that you've uh, managed to go there with us as well. All the best for the upcoming WBBL and all the international cricket. Congrats on the success, and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Our friends at Budgie Smuggler have supported us since day one, and in turn, we're doing the same. Back to them. This week, we're talking about couples smuggling. It's a thing. I don't know if you follow Budgie Smuggler online, boys, but they often have uh, pictures of couples who uh, smuggle together. I'm not sure what the kind of tagline is. If you smuggle together, you insert the, the, the mm, finish of that. You stay together for a long and lasting relationship. Indeed. And fulfilling relationship You buy an as investment well. property, then negative gear that property. You Typical at the, the moment because rate. of lending practices by the banks due yes. to the Royal Commission. Also, the Labor Party's probably going to get in. Scrap yeah. negative gearing. Yeah. yeah. This is all part of Budgie Smuggler's campaign. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Well, that's right. So, with all that in mind, we are here to talk about um, couples smuggling. So, you know, if you are in a couple, which um, would, you know, how many people who listen to the Craig Reader podcast would um, be in an actual long and lasting yeah. relationship? Six yes. people. That's nice of us to say. We're mm-hmm. getting very friendly about our audience. Um, uh, they, they do they do couple smuggles, smugglers right. and smuglets. They call it. You can get the mm-hmm. same design. You can get custom designs. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Christmas is obviously around the corner. Around so the when corner. you go down to the Balmoral Beach and you mm-hmm. want to show off your glistening bronzed mm-hmm. body with your partner, mm-hmm. you can do that in a set of um, budgies. Uh, but yeah, that's the, the, the budgie smuggler guys have um, put together some couples smugglers. Uh, you know, we're encouraging you to go and get them if you don't want to wear the you know the retro jerseys from 1993, the lightning bolts, etc. Um, get them maybe a more tasteful design. His and hers, smuggler and smugets. Indeed, uh, that's budgiesmuggler.com.au. All right, lads, that time again. Hashtag Ask TGC just before we wrap up another show. Excellent to have Alyssa and Jared Waitley on the show um, this week. Just before we get into that, lads, obviously um, we're trying to break the summer by doing as much work um, as possible. Overexposure. Uh, um, some would say that. Others would say we're just working really hard to create some fun stuff, you know, mm-hmm. to each their own. Uh, we are doing a live show. Our very first one is kicking off in Adelaide, the first day of the test match, the first night of the test match in Adelaide. We're going to be in your city. And you know what? All we want is for you guys just to come along because it's going to be an absolute mm. wild ride. Um, a special guest is Ed Cowan for the first live show. We have been tipped off. There'll be more than one international, mm. at least in the audience. Mm. And ipso facto, that person will definitely be on stage, mm. if not ridiculed in front of a, a large group of people mm. at the Rhino Room in Adelaide. Um, so, uh, I mean, it's fairly obvious how you go and get tickets if you've ever used the internet before. Go to Google and type in the Grade Cricketer Live Show <laughs> Adelaide yeah. and just bloody well do yeah, it. Trust just the algorithm. Get your credit card ready. It's 40 <laughs> bucks, and that's good. It's a good price. Yeah. It's a good price. I think so. Uh, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I don't know think about it. Like, what are we I'm laughing at the way he delivered that, what not are, the uh, truth of that worth? statement. And we're worth $40. <laughs> Anyway, it's going to be a huge night. It's the first night of the test match. Bring a mate along, play the ultimate rain card. Um, it's going to be wild. And just, just, just get around us. Just get, when just get around us get in a circle. Us. Get just around us, literally in a circle. That's and actually chant, the setup. Lads, 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 lads <laughs> in a circle. <laughs> and heaps of boys. Uh, 
Uh, and obviously, I mean, we've already said it 15 times, but um, the first Channel 7 show is out. Uh, we haven't done it yet, but uh, it's probably going to be good. Who knows? I hope Who you knows? liked it. Who knows if it's not? I right. hope you liked it. Let's get on to the hashtag AskTGC is where Declan Waddington kicks us off and he says, that great cricketer, why is your new TV show scheduled for 5.30pm on a Tuesday evening? Literally every cricket club in the country, park and grade, will be training because they have nothing better to do with their sad, pathetic lives. Seventh attempt to get rid of you? Mm. This is one of those classic like bloke questions where... It's actually a backhanded compliment, but mm. it still needs to be wrapped up in a mm. whole host of criticisms. Mm. So seventh attempt to get away. rid of you. Well, of course, yeah, they mm. give us TV show to get yep. rid of us. Mm-hmm. Um, look, we're sorry that we couldn't fit in the time slot for the TV show at exactly the time that suited every single person. Mm. Um, we don't um, kind of have the ear of Kerry Stokes from Seven West Media just yet to do the program scheduling. We've just been put on at that particular time. Mm. Uh, and it's an on-demand show really anyway, so it's not really intended to be watched live that much. If you want to watch it live, great. When, if you want to watch it live, great. Mm. But... When Channel 7 came to us and they said, lads, do you want a show? And we thought, mm. And then they said, well, time, we'll yeah. let you choose any time yeah. that you want yeah. to put it on. That's mm. what they said to us. They yeah. said, well, first of all, they go, here's a bag of cash. And they mm. go, well, you're going to need to triple it for a start. There's three of us. Yeah. And they go, mm, okay. Mm. It's mental, this media game. It's, it's the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we all bought Harborside Properties. Mm. Yes. Then after that, we thought, now what time should we put this television show on? Let's put it on 4.30 on a Tuesday yes. afternoon. It's Go up against Totally Wild. Yeah. yeah? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's on demand. You can watch it whenever you want. Don't stress out. Declan. All right. Daniel Friend mm. says... Uh, when you're a top-order batsman of Finnish Red Ink, do you have the right to tell every female on the circuit that your name is Alan Robert Border, even though they don't understand and think you're a rare unit for stating your middle name? Hashtag Stoyness, uh, hard eye emojis, hashtag RTGC. Um, do you have a right? I, I mean, legally speaking, you'd have a right, I'd yes. say. Every yes. female as well that you encounter yeah. that night on the circuit. All of them. My name yeah. is Alan Robert Border. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You can do that if you really want to. Yeah, they say you're a rare unit for stating your middle name, but you still have the right to do it. Hashtag Stoyness. <laughs> in in Daniel's fantasy world here, they they actually reply to him. Yeah. So he just walked up to a any female. Do you and reckon says, he'd even be able to get that many words out before they just turned around and left the, the place? Well, left especially the when Daniel's walked into the pub in his whites. Hmm. I am Alan Robert Border <laughs> with right. a thigh pad on the outside. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Does he say that he like? Um, got a red ink from the top order beforehand, or is it just that that's presumed knowledge or they don't know that at all? They're like, oh, hi, what's your name? I'm Alan Robert Border. Well, hang on a second. There's a lot going on with Daniel, clearly, yes. because he has hashtags. But Alan Robert Border was a middle order batsman. Yes, well, he's hashtag Stoyness, but he's he's referenced Alan Robert Border. Hmm. I mean, he's, he's cross-generation. Like he's very different as well. Yes, why Border? I mean, one is the grandfather of Australian cricket. Yes. And the other is Alan Border. Hmm. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, Border did get a lot of red inks, I guess. I'm, I'm just want to query after that. It's hashtag Stoyness, who's not a top order batsman. Mm. And then there's an emoji afterwards mm. with those hearts hard over the eyes. Mm. So that's, yep. are we now talking about Stoyness's rig? There's a lot going on know. from, um, at underscore know. friendy. Are we done? Have we eviscerated him yet? Are we done? Sam Barnett says, at Grade Cricketer, hearing Brad Hodge revised down, I assume Marcus Harris's average from 35.5 to 30 made me think which of the current Australian squad would have got in the turn of the century Australia A11. Yes. Hang on. Very, very few. So, so who in the current Aussie side? Yeah. So who's inside at the moment? Who would who would have made the Australia A team in the turn of the century? Got it. Yeah. Yeah. 1999 to 2001. 
Very Stally few Ray. of them. Maybe, maybe Kawaja might have been 12th man, mm. Mm. I think, as a bat. I mean... We're just talking about batsmen here. Yeah, oh, surely we're talking about batsmen. I would assume so. Yeah. Although, um, to be fair... We, when we talk about Australia A, we talk about batsmen, really, don't we? Like, no one talks that much about, like, having fantastic bowling depth. Paul George? No, he plays for yeah. the BA. Shane George. Shane George is the one I'm thinking talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Paul George. <laughs> Paul George. <laughs> I reckon Australia A bowling post-2000 would be pretty good, despite what Jimmy Anderson says about Ka- the stocks. Kasparovitz would have been Bickle. around there. Yeah. Bickle. Yeah. yeah. Those guys. I, I think the current quartet still would have something to say about Skidiri, was he around there. then? Yeah. Skidiri. A little earlier. Right. Joe Skidiri. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think maybe Kawaja, but other than that, right. I think most, you know, I think you're going to find it pretty hard to dislodge your Martin Loves, you know, your Clinton Perrins, your, your Jason Arnbergers. So I don't think Arnberger ever played Arnberger. in Australia, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jack Plunkett writes in for the last show, the uh, last question of the week. He says, G'day, TGC. Got a question for the pod. I've cracked into my local A grade this year at the prime age of 24. The captain said it was because of my work in the preseason, but I think it's more because I, I play in a dying country league struggling for numbers. I bat seven slash eight, don't bowl, and have dropped both chances I've had in the field this year. Despite this shit form, career worse rig, and hamstring struggles, I haven't felt my spot in the side threatened until now. My dad, 54, has made a return to help with numbers in the thirds, uh, but has come back in great form like he hasn't missed a beat from his glory days glory days in the, night, in the early 90s. I fear my dad is a chance to crack into the one soon and my neck would be first on the block. So my question is, do I continue playing cricket and trying to be the best I can <laughs> at risk of being offered by my semi-retired father or do I just quit now and save myself from the embarrassment? Thanks for the advice, guys. Interesting question, Jack. <laughs> semi-retired is a nice touch. It's really nice. Yeah. 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 It's a nice time. I'd, I'd he, really, he still works two days a week, so he's got plenty of time to get to mm, Tuesday and Thursday training. Mm, he's a real threat. I like the angle, just before you jump in there, Pez, I like the angle here that his dad still has dreams of playing ones and he will happily usurp his son in, in the order. Yeah, Not that his dad, Shakespearean. Would, his dad wouldn't yeah. want to play cricket with his with his boy. You yeah. know, that wouldn't be a nice thing. He's now going, that no, he's like a, no yeah. I'll play ones. Dad, can I, get a lift to, can I get a lift to the... No, I'm ones this week. I'm, I'm ones this week. Jack and you guys are on the, on the shit field, so... It's a hell of a thing to contemplate, isn't it? Like just to go, like I'm, I'm about to get dropped for my dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I think that would be really, really difficult, and yes. like your dad just being yeah. quite happy with it too. Mm. Well, this like, is yeah, pure, I'm playing well. Exactly. Pure cuckold territory. This is cuckold territory. Yes. Because well, the other way around is fine. The dad can go like, well, you know, sunrise, sunset. It's time noble, for Simba to yeah. ascend the throne. Exactly. Mm. But it's Mufasa coming back. <laughs> you know? Simba's like, no, no. Mufasa is the king. Yeah. 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 It's exactly what it's like. It's exactly the same as Mufasa. It's is a Lion King analogy. The king. So, well, that's another show done and dusted here for the Great Cricketer Podcast. The first test is mere hours away before we kick it all off and the summer begins. Sam Perry. Next week. 50th show. Oh, yeah? Oh, century, yeah. All right. All right. Start again, boys. Start again. Double up. Double up. Definitely be called double up because we're not predictable. No. Bye. <laughs>